More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in hour number two, Monday edition of the program. I'm Clay Travis. He's Buck Sexton. We are rolling through. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. If you miss anything at all, I encourage you to go download the podcast. You can search out my name, Clay. You can search out Buck's name. Subscribe, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you may be. And we bring in now... Dave Rubin at Rubin Report on Twitter. You can find him there. He will be joining us here shortly. Evidently, he is not yet with us. Maybe he is hanging out with some stevedores uh, in the Nashville area, helping to unload (laughs) many of the ships on the Cumberland River. Uh, Dave Rubin is a founder of On Locals as well as one of the owners. Now, I believe they've merged with Rumble and is a First Amendment absolutist along with buck and myself and buck i was just watching uh they're on a lunch break right now in the kyle rittenhouse case and both the prosecution and the defense have been limited to two and a half hours to close their arguments so the jury will probably get this case either late this afternoon in which case we get an early read on whether they've made all their mind up because remember A lot of times by the time, this is not a super long case, but very often when these cases drag on, the jurors have been talking and debating amongst themselves even before the actual case is given to them. So how quickly will they come back will be one of the first early tests. I just remember from the times when I've gone through... Uh, jury duty, you know, jury... Have you been on a jury before? I always got excused right away. First of all, I mean, I was like a CIA guy for a while, so that was always kind of a weird deal. And then uh, before that, yeah, I always got excused. I have law enforcement. I have a, a cop in my family. I mean, these are things that are held against you, at least sometimes. Or I shouldn't say held against you, but they, oh, no, we don't want you for this trial because you got a cop who's who's in your family. So uh, th- there's, for, for me, I feel like I, I, the jury instructions, and this is maybe why I would not be what, at least I, depends on who you are, what side you're on. The jury instructions would not make much difference to my thinking where I sitting through all of this evidence. I find it hard to believe that someone doesn't already think they know whether this person committed a crime or not after sitting through 
dozens and dozens of hours of testimony and on all the rest of it. I also think it's interesting. We're, we're going to be joined by uh, Julio Rosas later yes. on in the hour, who's a friend of mine. He's a senior uh, senior reporter at townhall.com, and he does great stuff at the border. He also has been covering a lot. He did cover a lot of the uh, BLM riots of 2020, and I think we should always make sure we remind everybody there was a whole summer of riots in this country. You'll see CNN doing January 6th coverage for the next 12 months to try to help them prevent a wipeout in the midterms by acting like, you know, oh, the insurrection is going to come back any moment. The Democrats had months and months of riots in the summer of 2020 in cities all across the country. In my home city of New York, in my neighborhood, there were rioters running around destroying and looting. And uh, right now, Julio's in Kenosha. He's been covering the trial in person. He was also there the night of the Kenosha riot where Rittenhouse shot in self-defense, at least in my opinion, until we get this verdict uh, against those three individuals. And Clay, they had to deploy 500 National Guard. This is one of the when we're talking about media disinformation or misinformation or whatever they whatever they choose to call it any given day. There are real concerns that there could be violence. And we always know it's only in one direction, the same way that the media lies only go against the right against Trump. If there's going to be violence after this verdict, it would only be a not guilty verdict. And part of this, I think we have to be honest about, comes from the misinformation that's out there about just what happened here with Rittenhouse. So there are more effects even than just Rittenhouse's trial. There's the 500 National Guard deployed to prevent crazy leftists from destroying and attacking. No doubt. We've got uh, Dave Rubin now, by the way, on Locals, also Rumble. I believe he's in Nashville uh, hanging out for a couple of days. Dave, we're just talking. First of all, thanks. for. Uh, we're glad to have you on. We were just talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse story, and I, I know you've been following it as well. Are you still finding that many people, you're based in L.A., are getting more and more red-pilled as they continue to look at the way the media covered this story? Because a lot of people out there, I think, assume Kyle Rittenhouse, one, was 100% guilty, but two, had just started shooting all sorts of uh, black protesters at BLM, and it turns out that he actually shot three white people, all of whom had criminal records, one of whom was... Uh, basically a serial pedophile, child molester, and it's just another series of lies that are being exposed, much like the Steele dossier and everything else. Yeah, well, look, as a guy that, as you said, is in Nashville at the moment, sorry, I'm not seeing you guys in person, but, you know, lives in Los Angeles, at least for now, I am definitely seeing a mass red pilling that is long, long overdue, and this is just a perfect example about of that. I mean, Clay, everything you just laid out there, Those are the facts. And if you look at the sort of chasm between the way, say, MSNBC and the New York Times and Washington Post, and just like the blue check mafia on Twitter, if you look at what they're saying versus the reality of what's happening with the trial, it's like people really are living in two different worlds. And I think it's our job to basically show people, hey, the stuff that they're showing you or not showing you, and it's usually that's the bigger issue. It's the stuff that they're not showing them. that it's not true, and, and all you need to do is get one little glimmer with these people. Just if you can get them on one thing, go, you know, boy, you know, it turns out Brett Kavanaugh isn't a serial rapist. It turns out the Covington kids weren't all racist. It turns out the Russia thing was a hoax. It turns out that very fine people by Trump was a hoax. Once you can get people to see one, then they can start seeing a lot of them. And I think this Rittenhouse thing, thankfully, for as long as enough of us are still on Twitter, and Lord only knows how long that'll last, 
if we can keep getting the truth out there and showing those clips, you know, where basically the judge is, is saying that to the prosecutor, I mean, this prosecutor is just horrendous, saying to the prosecutor, you know, uh, Rittenhouse does have a right not to incriminate himself and a right not to speak. And this may cause the whole trial to be thrown out. It's like, get people to see a little bit of that. See how really poorly this prosecution has done. And then they start waking up. So I do sense that there's a red pilling. And look, across across the whole country right now, I mean, nobody can think that things are going well. Inflation and shortages and gas prices, uh, not to even speak of Afghanistan, which we don't even talk about anymore, and a litany of other things. So I would say you're either red-pilled or you're just so deeply asleep that I don't know what to do with you at the moment. Hey, David, it's Buck. I want to know if you could just react to this part of, you may have seen the Andrew Sullivan piece in his substack about just all the lies, right? The serial media lies. And on the Rittenhouse case specifically, here is a quote from the New York Times. Unlike the dishonest commies of the New York Times, I actually quote them when I'm criticizing them. Um, As Mr. Rittenhouse is running, he trips and falls to the ground. He fires four shots as three people rush toward him. One person appears to be hit in the chest and falls to the ground. Another who is carrying a handgun is hit in the arm and runs away. End quote. Uh, that's their description of what we see on the video. That doesn't make it seem like what happened happened. No, and look, you know, I did read the Andrew Sullivan piece, and, you know, Andrew Sullivan is one of what I would say are about 20 remaining sort of decent liberals in America, sort of a Bill Maher, Barry Weiss, Sam Harris crew of these people that are trying to remain liberals. But I don't really think that's really a position anymore. I mean, it's like we all knew. Buck and and Clay, you guys knew, and we've been talking about it for years, that the media has been lying about all of these things. So it's not as if they didn't know that the media was lying about all this, but they, they went along with the lies so that they could get rid of Trump. So it's like, on one hand, it's nice that a guy like Andrew Sullivan is finally like, oh, yeah, the media lies about everything. And, you know, actually so much of what's wrong is because the Democrats are kind of in charge of the media and they're just running a protection racket together and all that. But at the end conclusion... If your if your position is to still vote for Democrats, then it really makes no sense. So every week, say Bill Maher on his show, and I, I basically like Bill, but it's like if you rail against critical race theory every week on your show, and then at the end you don't cheer the fact that Glenn Youngkin won, it's like, well, what are you actually doing? It's like you you know what's wrong, but you're just afraid of saying that you're a scary conservative. That's what scares them more than anything else. And we gotta. I don't know what the answer to this is, but we got to figure out a way to take these last few people and be like, hey, just just come come on over. And these conservatives, they ain't that scary. Dave Rubin, he's the host of the Rubin Report. I've been on before. Great show and author of Don't Burn This Book. Um, what do you think about Kamala and her staff accusing Joe Biden of being racist uh, in a CNN expose, an article that went up yesterday? You got to love it. Like, it's just the perfect story. You know, if you fakely and dishonestly call everybody racist and call everybody a homophobe and a bigot and a transphobe, well, eventually it's going to come for you. So congratulations, Biden. Now you're going to be called racist and everything else. It's like, look, Kamala is deeply unlikable. It has nothing to do with her skin color. It has nothing to do with her gender. Nobody knows why she's the vice president. She was polling at zero in her own party. You know, that, that crazy cackle laughter, she, her endless sort of nowhere babbling and everything she says. It's like they brought her in and now she will most likely destroy Biden. It's kind of beautiful. Like this is a beautiful Hollywood ending to this whole thing. They created the monster. And it's like Biden, you know, he's 10 months in basically to this presidency. It's breaking down a lot quicker 
than most people thought. And I mean that in terms of not only in terms of policy and sort of how bad things have gotten and inflation and all that, but in terms of his mental state. So it's like she, unless they pull something crazy, this woman is going to be president within two years. That seems pretty obvious. Uh, you know, her trying to take him out because he's a racist now. All right. It's it's sort of your just come up and. Hey, Dave, you know, I, I want to ask you before we let you go. We only got a minute or so, but uh, I'm on com, a platform that you're involved with, trying to create additional avenues for reaching audience. How is the fight for free speech online and platforms that allow free speech going? How are we doing? You know, we're doing a little better over the last couple of weeks. As you guys know, we, we merged with Rumble, and Rumble has an incredible infrastructure to really replace Amazon AWS. So everyone knows that, you know, Amazon blew up Parler after the January 6th event. Uh, Rumble has really fantastic, it's the underbelly of the internet stuff to keep websites up. That's one part of the business. And then they've got the sort of YouTube front end video side, which is really slick and we're rolling out some new stuff. But these companies have come together and, and just guys in the last couple hours, I'm sure you're seeing this online, but YouTube is knocking down all of these uh, streams, these live streams of people that are talking about the trial right now. And guess what? They're all up on Rumble and they're all up on Locals. And although I don't own locals anymore, um, you know, you guys, I'm, ob I'm obviously staying with the company and you guys can always put whatever you want there. And guess what? If you're not breaking the laws of the United States, that's going to be just fine. And if you are breaking the laws of the United States, you got a much bigger problem than Dave Rubin and locals. So I, I think there's we have a glimmer of hope right now. I know a lot of people are black pilled these days. A lot of people don't see the hope, but I, I actually think there is a little sliver of something going on. Dave, outstanding stuff. Appreciate uh, you being in my uh, hometown here. Hopefully we'll be able to hang out again soon. Encourage you guys to go follow at Ruben Report on Twitter while you still can and follow him out on all those social media devices. Appreciate it, my man. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dave. If you're with family and friends next week at Thanksgiving, the fun stories of past get-togethers are bound to come up. Reliving memories, one of the things we do when groups come together around the holidays. And you know what makes this the most fun? Having the family movies and pictures to bring those memories back to full life. Legacy Box does that better than anybody. This is the company that digitally transfers all those videotapes and family films you have. That makes them accessible again for you and your family to watch over and over again. All it takes couple of weeks, they take a box full of your old videotapes, a lot of your old pictures, Super 8 films, slides, and they put all those memories locked away onto computer files, thumb drives, or DVDs. Whatever format is easiest for you to see and share, Legacy Box hooks you up and ensures that your family memories are there forever. Get started now with Legacy Box's best deals of the year. This is the time to get early access to their Black Friday sale. Visit LegacyBox.com slash buck to unlock that big discount. That's LegacyBox.com slash buck for their best deal of the year. LegacyBox.com slash buck. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. What would really help with inflation? Welcome back to Clay and Buck Show. This is Buck and NYC. Clay out in Nashville, Tennessee. This administration does not have a whole lot of skill when it comes to economic growth, understanding markets, supply and demand, you know, stuff like that. Not doing very well. Inflation is a presidency destroyer. As you know, you look back in history, inflation has ended numerous presidencies, at least in terms of the analysis people have with why a president didn't win re-election. Carter being the most well-known example, but there are a handful of others in the 20th century, too. And inflation is something this administration is looking at and likely to make worse. We got Pelosi saying the spending bill is going to make it through the House this week, Clay, because I have such an exciting social life. I read through some segments of that (laughs) bill over the weekend because that's how Buck that's how Buck parties Saturday night, baby. Time to break out the Build Back Better agenda bill and uh, start looking at some parts of it. But it it is there's a lot of stuff in there that people should know about. They don't know about. It is a spending grab bag of left uh, left wing agenda items. But what do they think is really going to help with the inflation situation? Here is the head of the National Economic Council for this White House, Brian Deese, who thinks that uh, shots in your kids arms, that's going to that's going to help with the inflation. We're focused on how to address this in the short term and the medium term, George. In the short term, number one, we have to finish the job on COVID. We know that the more that people feel comfortable getting out into the economy, going to movies rather than buying a television at home, working in the workplace, the more we can return a sense of normalcy to our economy. Getting those shots out for 5 to 11-year-olds is going to provide a lot of comfort to American families. We're making a lot of progress on that front. Getting more workplaces COVID-free is going to make uh, more Americans comfortable getting back into the labor market as well. 
We're not making workplaces COVID free, as we know. You might Ever. reduce it somewhat, but you're absolutely not making COVID free. That's a reckless, a reckless thing to say if we're looking at the facts, Clay. But I, I love this. Inflation's bad. We need those five to eleven year olds to get the shots. That'll help. These people are out of their minds. I feel so bad for people who are obsessed. My wife was talking about this. I don't spend much time on Facebook. I mean, I I share my opinions on Twitter and on Instagram, but I I'm almost never on Facebook in terms of like looking at normal people's posts on Facebook. I just don't I don't want to be get drawn into that. But my wife was talking about how many people she's seeing who are exalting as if their 5 to 11-year-old kids have been in legitimate peril, dire straits from COVID. And we had Marty McCary on last week, and I believe I'm 94 people ages 5 to 11 out of 28 million have died with COVID. Almost all of those kids have severe health-related issues. If you have been telling your young children, and I've got two in that 5 to 11 window, if you've been telling them that COVID is a threat, you've been doing an awful job of parenting because you haven't bothered to actually look at the data. And this is why I get actually upset at someone like Dr. Anthony Fauci because the humane the responsible thing to do. He knows about this, too. He knows there are adults who are weeping with relief at the fact that now they can get their six-year-old the COVID shot as if they should be that concerned, as if that's not honestly a sign of a mental illness, an anxiety disorder, because it is a sign of an anxiety disorder. If Fauci were an honest broker, which he is not, he is a scummy, dishonest broker, but if he were an honest broker, he would say, Hey, everybody, look, you don't really need the shots for your kids that badly. Calm down. Your kids are safe. It's okay. You know, no. Instead, they play this game like we should all be celebrating the shots for six-year-olds, which is insane. It's insane, and it's dishonest. And that's why I've said I can't imagine Dr. Fauci getting out of bed in the morning. And I also, Buck, I have legitimate questions again. These people are never going to be comfortable because they've convinced themselves that COVID is such a danger, and it's really not. You know, after 9-11, Americans responded and helped to take care of each other. Since 9-11, over 7,000 U.S. soldiers made the ultimate sacrifice in the war on terror. And Tunnel to Towers is happy here to honor and protect those people and their families. They read their all their names aloud uh, in a new annual ceremony on Veterans Day in front of the Lincoln Monument. And now Tunnels to t- Tunnel to Towers is making sure their sacrifice is never forgotten. Forgotten. Their season of hope runs from Thanksgiving to New Year's Eve. One mortgage-free home a day given away for 37 days to honor America's heroes. How can you help? Do good in their honor. You can donate $11 a month at T2T.org. Honor those who fought to preserve our freedoms. Just $11 a month at T2T.org. Welcome back in, Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show. Let's go right to Kenosha, Wisconsin. Prosecution and the defense presenting their closing arguments to the jury today, and then the jury will have it to determine whether or not Kyle Rittenhouse has committed any crimes at all. We're joined now by Julio Rosas, who's been covering the Rittenhouse trial in person. He's a senior writer at Town Hall and also a U.S. Marine. Julio, thanks for joining us. 
I the thing that I would want to know the most, given the fact that you've actually been in this courtroom so far, we've seen the prosecutor, we've seen the defense attorneys, we've seen Rittenhouse himself and the judge and how they've been reacting to the trial. How would you assess the body language of the jury to the extent you have been able to determine and or analyze it? Uh, so I haven't been in the courtroom every day, but in the, in the times that I have, um, it's actually kind of interesting because, um, you know, uh, ma- mask wearing, you know, it, we can kind of gauge someone's political ideology based on if they wear a mask when they don't have to. So in the courthouse, there is no mask mandate. So you, you don't have to wear a mask. Um, about out, out of the 18 jurors, because, you know, there's alternates uh, out of the 18 jurors, probably about five were, were wearing masks. But also it could be they're trying to hide their identity because there, there was also concern about people being uh, photographed and docked. So that could also be a play factor, too. But in terms of the, more of the body language, um, when I was in there uh, at times, uh, it seemed like uh, one woman in particular just seemed like she wasn't taking any notes. She just kind of was there, but she didn't seem to be paying that much attention. And um, some of the other reporters that have been in the courtroom on other days, especially, uh, you know, when uh, the uh, prosecution was cross-examining Rittenhouse at the beginning, when it was about like an hour into it, uh, a lot of, according to them, a lot of the jurors didn't seem to be paying that much attention or weren't actively taking notes. Um, so I, I think that, I think that highlights um, that maybe, uh, some of the jurors have already made up their minds uh, prior to, you know, prior to the conclusion of everything. And obviously we're, we're now approaching uh, that the conclusion for, for their closing arguments. Julio, it's Buck. I, I want to know what you're hearing about security precautions on the ground there. Last week we were telling the telling folks listening here that you had 500 National Guard readied for the verdict. And obviously Kenosha were in this situation the trial is happening because of and you were there during the riot correct yes that's correct and i was there for the second half of the shooting and so how actually put a pause on my sec on my first question for a second tell, tell us more since you were actually there the night of i mean how does that inform your view of what you've seen play out here in the trial what are things that you would want people to know because obviously the media was lying about the shooting itself and the immediate aftermath. Right. There's a lot of dishonesty. That's all come to the forefront now. But just right. from that night, from the atmospherics and being close to the actual shooting, what should people know? Uh, all they have to do, Buck, is look at all the videos. Or they don't even have to look at every single minute. But if you watch any of the videos that the trial has uh, presented, uh, you will come away with the conclusion that Kyle Rittenhouse shot in self-defense. There's just no dispute about that if you look at the actual video. And I can tell when people haven't viewed the video because then they say, well, he's a white supremacist murderer or all this other nonsense. Uh, you know, he's an active shooter. And I got to tell you, Buck, I, you know, I, I have not in law enforcement, but I've never seen an active shooter voluntarily run towards the police while trying to run away from people who are chasing after him. I mean, that, that to me does not scream active shooter. Well, you are um, a former uh, Marine, so you know you do understand also situations involving fires but keep going keep going julio well well uh thank you uh and so it's just if, if you look at the video and you look at the eyewitness statements uh, that were happened even before the trial i mean the fact that it, the the dishonesty from the mainstream media the fact that it got that such high level is just another searing indictment on how poor uh the media class is when it comes to covering things that goes against their narrative and and that was their narrative that they, are you um, expecting riots if there's a not guilty verdict that's what i was initially going to ask you and i did want to pose this to you uh so uh, it, i riots are can be hard to predict sometimes uh what 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 i will say is that uh it is going to be warmer 
uh, this week. Right now it's in like the lower 40s. It's going to be in the 50s uh, starting tomorrow, and that's more conducive for crowds to gather and what what have you. Uh, what I will say is that if, if there are riots due to Rittenhouse being uh, not guilty on the serious charges, um, that's going to be because, again, in part be- of the media narrative that they bought into. Uh, because if you've been paying attention to the mainstream media, you would think that this would be a slam dunk for the prosecution. But as the trial has shown, and as I've seen watching it here at the courthouse, that has not been the case at all. I mean, even the prosecution's own witnesses have bolstered Rittenhouse's claim to self-defense. So uh, there, there's unfortunately still a large part of the American population that have this really distorted, really just untrue view on what happened that night. And, and I can tell you that because, I, I mean, I was there for some of it. And it's just it's just really, really um, uh, you know, upsetting uh, that, that it's gotten to this point. Julio, I'm still fascinated by the inside the courtroom dynamics because some of those you can see on television, a lot of the others you can. And what you told us, for instance, about the jurors wearing masks and who's not is sort of a fascinating window into what their overall life view might be in some sense. What has the reaction been like in the jury? It's uh, sorry, in the courtroom itself in terms of who is there? Does Rittenhouse have a lot of support? Is there lots of people? Are there lots of people there in your read that are hoping that Rittenhouse is guilty? What is the actual atmosphere like when you have been in that courtroom? Uh, so for me personally, it's been it's it's been a little odd because the last time I saw Rittenhouse in person was the night in question, August twenty fifth. So it's been kind of like a weird, like, oh, hey, you're the guy that everyone's been talking about that I saw that you do the thing. Um, but no, there there has been a mix of of people uh, right now. This, this right now, the courtroom, from what we can see in the cameras, this has been the most packed uh, I've I've ever seen it. And I, I've seen uh, Huber, uh, members of Huber's family, Anthony Huber, who was the second guy that got shot, the skateboard dude, uh, in the in the courtroom, some friends and supporters of of, of Anthony Huber were in the courtroom when I was there. Um, and, you know, they, they believe that Kyle Rittenhouse is a murderer and, and all that. So, uh, but uh, at the same time, Rittenhouse's family, his, uh, his mom, his sisters, uh, and, and then also just like regular citizens because there is public seating because, you know, this is yeah, as high profile as this is, this is still a regular court proceeding. Uh, so this is the most packed that I, I have personally uh, seen it uh, so far. We were talking about some of the misinformation that's been out there. A huge percentage of people who follow this case heard that Rittenhouse was a white supremacist, that he was a uh, that he was an activist trying to take aim at Black Lives Matter protesters. One of the most jarring parts of this story has been the number of people who have only found out because of the trial that all three people he shot were white. Is that surprised you how well entrenched the mainstream narrative was that this is a white supremacist and the expectation was that his victims were minorities? Instead, uh, victims is the wrong word. They're the people he shot because victim is a charged term that's actually been banned inside of the courtroom. But the people he shot were uh, white. Does that surprise you in terms of the way that it throws a monkey wrench, so to speak, in the overall narrative here from the left wing? I mean, yes and no. I mean, I remember waking up in Kenosha the, the you know the next day, the next morning. I, you know, I got four hours of sleep, and I'm still trying to process like what I just been through and trying to figure out what what I just saw. And I check Twitter, and I see Congresswoman and I on a press leave. Uh, from the get-go, calling him a white supremacist. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, and I'm just, I remember thinking, like, how is that even possible? Because I, I, I knew from that night that he shot all white people who were actively attacking him. 
And so I'm thinking, like, how, did, how does this congresswoman from Massachusetts, you know, on the East Coast, and that's not in Kenosha, how, like, what, what information does she have that I don't? And, of course, the answer is she, she didn't. She's just, you know, she jumped the gun uh, on this and so many others, too. But it just goes to speak on how, again, they, they, they have this idea that there, there can be no wrong done with, with a Black Lives Matter riot, because let's be clear, the night of August 25th, it was a riot, not a protest. Uh, and they, they just uh, very much are, they just want to have their narrative because that, that's what they are building their audience off of, right? Uh, it's, but it's not true. It's not correct. And, and as much as this trial should not have happened, I'm, I'm kind of glad it did. Uh, because it's laying all the facts out of what happened that night in painstaking detail. So, I mean, if, even if people have just even had a cursory glance at the trial, they will know that this is not some active shooter that was trying to kill as many people as possible. Because I will tell you, there were plenty of opportunities for not just Rittenhouse, but all the other people who were armed to just start mowing down the rioters. But they didn't do that. Julio Rosas of townhall.com on the scene in Kenosha at the courthouse. Julio, great work as always, man. Thanks for being here with us. Yep, thank you. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has done it again, folks. His products are amazing. New ones coming out all the time. Clay and I love them. I mean, first off, you, you can start it all with the pillows. The pillows will be game changers for your sleep. But these pillows won't go flat. You can wash and dry them constantly. And most importantly, they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike is offering his my pillows, the ones that started it all for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard MyPillow for $19.98, originally $69.98. That's a $50 savings when you use promo code Clay and Buck. Clay, the King Pillow, which is my personal favorite, only $10 more. No doubt. And also, you get a money-back guarantee until March 1st. All you have to do is go to MyPillow.com, click on Radio Listener Specials, enter the promo code Clay and Buck, or... You can call 800-792-3269 for these great radio specials. Get hooked up at MyPillow.com with the code Clay and Buck today. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough. 
that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? It look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. They are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death, which is starting to now involve all age groups. It isn't just the elderly. So if one looks back at this, one can say, do you know, it isn't as if a booster is a bonus, but a booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. Boosting is going to be an absolutely essential component of our response. We have told you this for months. You know it. We've been saying it on the show. They're going to tell you that boosters for everyone. Everyone's got to get the booster. And notice that just now the little fascist Fauci is out there saying, yeah, okay, the vaccine stops working. That's what he, I mean, we just played you the audio. The vaccine stops working. Now, it might work somewhat. It might have some residual benefit. Fine. But it's not what they told you it was. And it's not what they told you it was in April of, la- of this past year. It's not what they told you it was two or three months ago in terms of how effective, how long lasting. Notice that there's not that much of an effort right now to even keep track of breakthrough infections because they're happening at such a rate that are they, is it even really worth it to call it a breakthrough anymore? How rare are they, really? Fauci was basing his comments in part on the Israeli data, because Israel's about a month and a half ahead of us. And here's what he sees, Clay. Well, we've been telling everybody's coming. Right as we're heading into the winter season here, a lot of people will have substantially, and I'll, oh, New York Times, quote me if you're going to criticize me, New York Times. Uh, there will be substantially lessened immunity for everybody who is reliant on the vaccine, who doesn't have natural immunity, going into this winter season unless they get the booster shot, which is what we told them was going to happen and what people were lied to about for months. We've been consistently three or four or five months ahead of what the national narrative has been. And sometimes that creates a disconnect because... The Fauciites of the world get upset when you question their preferred narrative. Because remember, as recently as May, they were saying, hey, this is going to be the vax summer. Everybody's perfect. Nobody has anything to worry about at all. And I believe it was in June and July, Buck, that we had Alex on, and he st- Alex Berenson, and he started to tell us, hey, pay attention to what's going on in Israel Pay attention to what's going on in England. They're ahead of us in terms of the vaccine, and they are seeing a massive increase in the overall number of COVID cases. And at this point in time, I think the only thing you can really hope is that 
the overall infections are probably going to set near an all-time record in many states. I, I do believe that's forecastable now based on the data that we have. I think best case scenario, Buck, you can hope that they aren't as uh, as as negative in terms of the overall death rate because maybe the vaccines have some lasting power when it comes to the severity of the illness. But in terms of being able to get and spread the virus, everybody who is vaccinated is still going to be able to get and spread the virus. And the number of people that are testing positive in any given day is growing rapidly in the Midwest and the Northeast. Instead of confronting that once again, everybody, whether it was on masks, it was on fomite or surface transmission, whether it was on six feet of social distancing, whether it was on two masks, no N95 masks, no, no masks, no, maybe masks. All these things, open schools, don't open schools, all these things they've been wrong on, Clay. Instead of finally having a moment of honesty and confronting that every time Fauci says, this is what the data, the science is clear, everyone should say, this time? What about all the last times? What about all the previous times you've told us things that were wrong? Instead, the lib propaganda machinery goes into effect, and they make jokes like this on, 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 not Sesame Street, on SNL pretending to be Sesame Street. That's right. I used to host Fear Factor, and now doctors fear me. Can you help me, Joe? Oh, sure thing, Big Bird. You see, I took Carlos Mencia down. I can take COVID. Here's some zinc and ayahuasca and some horse medicine. Well, why would a bird take horse medicine? I'm a human, and I took horse medicine. I mean, can we just be very clear? That's not funny because that was a lie the media spread about him, about Joe Rogan, to make him seem less reputable as a just a subject of exploit, a guy who explores covid and they still continue with this. They still make the joke as a how, how why is that funny? They lied about him. Not only did they lie about him, it was an uncomfortable attempt to ridicule. And CNN certainly is a propaganda network. It's disappointing and absurd and ridiculous how many comedians have allowed themselves to become such political animals that they are now aiding and abetting the spread of disinformation in an effort to try to undermine the legitimacy, as you said, of popular hosts who are willing to explore challenging methods to combat COVID. And by the way, Joe Rogan's completely fine. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback at Green Bay, came back, led his team to a victory. I bet when they come out with uh, jersey sales, Buck, I bet there's going to be a big skyrocket. You just reminded of people me. Gonna, who, are, who are supporting Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go get my Aaron Rodgers jersey. I, I keep saying I'm going to do it. I don't. Know, where do I go? I, NFL.com or something. I'll find an Aaron Rodgers jersey to wear when I do the show. No, because we, we've got to take a stand here against what is an, a, a consistent effort to rewrite the history of the Fauciites who are constantly wrong, constantly overpromise and underdeliver, and always want the power to make you do things, even when it turns out what they're making you do isn't what they said it would be in terms of the effectiveness, in terms of all the different judgments that go into it. Uh, I've got my own version of the commie attack on me that I want to talk to you about here from the New York Times. We'll address it a little bit coming up here, saying that I had COVID misinformation on the air. Ooh, we'll, we will address this, Clay. I will address this. Uh, I'm, I'm fired up about it because the New York Times is a disgusting propaganda rag and people should... What was the line Rush used to use? Only line their bird cages with it? Yes, indeed. Whatever the equivalent is in the digital era, that's what they should do. So we'll get into that, plus more on Rittenhouse, some of the prosecution's final statements, and why they're crazy. We'll get to that coming up.
You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.